across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Good morning. Well, more evidence now of the problems on our railways, of the impact of vandalism and crime. The Railway Safety Regulator's State of Safety report showing that in the last year, nearly 11,000 incidents occurred. Most of them were related to security issues. In other words, as I understand it, Criminals are basically causing havoc on our railways through stealing cables and railway tracks. Muso Selaledi is the acting CEO at the Railway Safety Regulator. Muso, good morning. Thanks for your time. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning to your listeners. What impact is this vandalism and theft having on the safety of our railways? It must be devastating. Absolutely. As you've recounted to your viewers, uh, you've indicated that the bulk of the occurrences are security related. Your viewers might not know there are two categories. One is operational, which relates to normal train operations, moving the train on the main line, moving it in the yard, level crossing incidents. These have come down from 2,100 to about 1,800, but the problem is on the security related, as you've indicated. These are 97% of them relate to theft and vandalism, and they've gone slightly up from around 7,500 to above 8,000 in the year under review. Do you find this happens more in some areas than others? I mean, is it easier to steal a cable from a transnet freight line in the Northern Cape where there's only one train a day than it is to steal a cable from the center of Joburg where they, you know, trains every hour? Absolutely. So you find it. The most protected network we have is the Houtrain network operated by the Bombella Operating Company under the Houtrain Management Agency. And that is our most secure network because almost the entire network is fenced off and secured. Prasa operates largely in urban areas. They've discontinued the metro rail service to a large extent. Transnet Freight Rail, which has suffered a large part of this theft and vandalism on their network, operates an open network. And where the network crosses densely populated areas, you tend to find that that is where a lot of the theft and vandalism of the signal infrastructure, the cabling network happens because that's around communities and those with intentions would then uh, steal the cables knowing that the train would stop due to the signals not working and then that would give them an opportunity to offload whatever cargo is on the train knowing that it's high value cargo. You talk about, you know, fencing it off, which, I mean, just isn't practical across the entire country. Are there other security measures we can implement? Yes. So uh, by way of experience in the year under review, Prasa opened what they call the Mabopani Corridor. It runs from Mabopani in the north of Pretoria all the way to the center of Pretoria. They've done a massive uh, capital investment. They've put security personnel. They've put drones. They have not fenced the entire network, but security personnel with their vans patrol. But it comes at an enormous cost. If you transpose that to the transnet environment, they've done a bit of ingenuity around doing performance-based contracts for their security companies, almost on a preventative type arrangement. And that's begun to bore fruit But Transnet and Prasa are not security companies. These are rail companies that are supposed to run rail operations. So we need law enforcement. We need our security agencies. We need municipalities to come on board. We need communities to come on board because crime is a social problem. It is not just pertaining to the railways. Uh, So often the people in charge, sometimes it's Prasa, it'll be someone in government. 
They will all blame COVID. And look, Prasa withdrew its guards from the lines just before COVID. Can we still blame COVID? I mean, the pandemic ended two years ago. Can the people in charge still blame COVID for the problems on the railway lines now? Well, COVID happened. Now we're in a post-COVID era. So it it's good to reflect on statistics. So if you look at the year under review and you compare it to pre-COVID levels, actually from the safety side, Transnet is actually operating safer trains. But the reason for that is we know it's common cause, it's in the public domain. Transnet has suffered a lot from the lack of spare parts, from the cable theft. Therefore, they run less trains, which is affecting the mining industry. But they found a way, even though they're running less trains, they're running heavier trains, longer trains. Instead of having 50 wagons, they run maybe hundreds of wagons. That has meant they have less occurrences, and it's actually meant that the average weight, average tonnage they carry per train is higher than pre-COVID levels, but the volumes are lower because they just run so fewer trains. So there are lessons to learn from COVID from an operational side. From a security side, we lost a lot of the railway infrastructure, especially the Prasa network during COVID. They are rebuilding it corridor by corridor. They spent the entire capital budget for last year, which was about 12 billion rand, somewhere in that region. But the question is, as a, as a country, you all know we have a fiscal envelope that is constraining. Can we continue to in, uh, invest all these monies? We definitely need it on the freight side. Transnet needs a similar level of investment so that we can counteract uh, the problems we have had. But these are the lessons between the year under review, pre-COVID, there are many lessons to take. Um, you talk, I think, about green shoots uh, in your report. And so much around our economy would improve if the rail infrastructure worked. I mean, it would be much easier to drive down the N3, for example. I made the point would be better. I made the point earlier it would be better in terms of fighting climate change. I mean, it would just be better for so many reasons. Do you believe there will be improvements? Yes, I think there are green shoots. Prasa have committed uh, through the minister to the president that they will open what they call 18 corridors. That's different lines. It's not full corridors, but it's lines. And on an almost weekly basis, they make applications to the railway safety regulator. We consider them. We approve them. At the current state, we are approving them with restrictions. They don't run a full service. They run a very limited service because they don't have a signaling network. Once they finalize that procurement and the signal is, is intact, we do believe you will see a larger scale scale of rail operations. On the Transnet side, there are initiatives under the National Logistics Crisis Committee led by the presidency. We do expect to see something unlocked. But from a rail safety perspective, we hope that as we improve the productivity of operators, we don't fall back on the safety record because the business case of rail is that it's a mass mover. It moves freight. It moves masses of people, but it needs to move them safely. Muso Seleleri, thank you very much indeed. The acting CEO of the Railway Safety Regulator.